we are live for the 138th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. I'm your host, Matt Lesluigi, and tonight, it's me, it's Andrew, and it's G. How are we doing, guys? Hey. What's going on, man? Going on. First pot of March, first day of March. Got live baseball back, boys. Spring training. Um, believe the Yankees have played six spring training games so far. You know, it feels good to have have Yes Network on. I just moved the MLB TV app to like my main home screen on my uh, Fire TV. You know, that felt good. Um, you know, I know First obviously Yes Network jingle yep, of the uh, year always brings put some life back in your legs. Just like... hearing all the Yes jingles and you know the pregame music and hearing. Hey, Nelson or Jeff Nelson in the booth, who's probably going to be doing a lot of games considering no Beltron or um, Cameron Mabin this year, obviously. So, yeah, it, it feels good to have baseball back on TV, right? We still got a full month left of spring training. Um, you know, opening day is until, I believe, the 27th of March, 28th even. It's right at the end of March. So, still got a month of spring training. Um, we were just talking about for the pod, you know, spring training, you really can't look at anything else to literally, you know, we're, we're Yankee fans. We all remember Greg Bird. We all remember Kyle Higashioka literally looking like Barry Bonds, both in, you know, in their, their different spring training. So you never take spring training too seriously, but the main thing is everyone stays healthy and that this team's ready to go in a month. But guys, uh, how are we feeling? We getting those. I know, I know we all said we're not going to be too excited this year. We're not going to be too into it, but are we, we starting to feel those, uh, those baseball jitters yet? I'm not, but I'm not going to judge you guys if you are. Uh, maybe it's just because um, I, I got I got my mind elsewhere, right? Um, NASCAR season just kicked off. My guy in his final season. Hockey is is a big big thing in New York right now with the, our Devils and Rangers. So I, I, maybe I'm just like normally when when sports are like a a, a desert wasteland. In February, you're thinking like, all right, well, it's good to have baseball back. I'm kind of not there yet. But also, I think part of it is because, as we've said at nauseum in previous podcasts, just the team is going to be good this year, but they didn't do enough to move the needle to, to kind of get us excited again. So I'm kind of just on autopilot, I think, between now and opening day. When the games actually mean something, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll turn up a little bit. But right now, I'm just monitoring things, making sure there's no significant injuries and then just kind of just riding it out for the next few weeks. Yeah, spring training, it really is tough to just sit down and watch it. Like usually I've just had it on the back while I'm working. You know, it's I almost like view it as more of a podcast sort of thing where I'm kind of just listening to Kay and you know, just been like I said, Nelson in the booth, just talk about whatever, talk about the team. Um, you know, you will usually interview Boone and you know a player or two. So, you know, that's kind of the whole that's what more I'm interested in in terms of spring training than the actual game, right? Um, obviously, another part of spring training is seeing the kids like you know Volpe and Dominguez, guys like that, get some action. Um, I did the game I was you know the game today. Dominguez did uh, misplay a fly ball in center, so that wasn't ideal, right? Um, yeah, and and that's actually another thing that I think about it because I actually got to see those guys in Somerset a couple times last year, so. If you never get to see them in person in the minors, you don't watch like stream minor league games. You're like, oh, cool, I want to see these guys play. And, and I a situation where I kind of did, and I know that they're not going to big league roster. So maybe that's kind of the thing, too. Um, but sorry to interrupt the, the, the momentum guy there. No, no it's, it's all good. It's, I'll forgive you this time. But I was saying, it reminded me of the tweet we had. So I think someone posted in the chat today. That said, you know, someone was like, well, J- Jason Dominguez can't be worse than Aaron Hicks. And some guy was like, yeah, like he, uh, Jason Dominguez played like five games above single A. Like he definitely can be worse than Aaron Hicks. Like I think you kind of promise realize, you he can be like, worse. Even with some of these dudes who are top prospects, you know, he's the number eight prospect in all baseball, whatever the case may be. You got to realize like, yo, experience matters, especially in baseball. Like, there's a reason why there are so many levels of single A, double A, triple A you know, the bigs, like there's so many levels of baseball. It's not just, you know, one step. Obviously there are the guys like Harper and your Strasburgs who, you know, go from whether it's college or high school to, you know, less than a year and they're, they're there, but you know, it's for most guys, it's a process. Like for most guys, it's going to take some time. So 
I think that's kind not of something to like Naganji. Not to invoke a name. Oh no. You know, that we want to be done with. But like uh, I think when you talk about like we have these top prospects, obviously you're threading a threading a needle because we want to see them as soon as possible, but like they have to develop and only a fucking freak like you know Mike Trout or someone's going to come up at, at 18 or 19 and be like immediately awesome but Clint Frazier or Jackson Frazier whatever name he's going by these days like you know pretty good triple a right had some flashes in the you know in the major leagues hit some home runs but like was just brutally awful in the field um and then, you know, he never panned out. That's besides the point, really. But, like, you know, either way, like, I, I posted that. I'm guilty of it because I posted about it the other day. I said, like, you know, I don't give a shit that he played five games at double A. Let's see him. But that's really, and this is what my what spring philosophy is now. It's like, I'll put it on. I'll enjoy it. I'll have some fun in the background when you have a bunch of, like, nobody's playing by the sixth inning of a spring training game. But, like, the only thing I'm watching in spring training is – you know, pitching, hoping that all the pitchers stay healthy, and I'm basically just watching second base, shortstop, third base, and left field. Those are the only players that I care about. Yeah, I think the last time I was really excited for someone in spring training was, I guess there's two examples. Like, you know, the first time you saw Cole when we signed him, um, and then probably before that was Glaber, just because we we expected so much of him like the second we acquired him and he finally came up and then by 2018 he had broken through and was was already playing him so we we've in previous podcasts how this team is fairly the same team that lost the ALCS to Houston last year say for Carlos Rodon uh so it is tough to look for like new things right I, I guess we're gonna get a full season of Bader but are you going to get jazzed up by what you see from him in spring training? I agree. You want to see certain pitchers. There's really no interesting pitching battles outside of the fifth spot in the rotation between Schmidt and, and Domingo Herman, but we need both those guys too. So it's really just which of those guys looks better slots in. Yeah. There's not a ton of interesting storylines, I guess. Like even if you look at a couple of years ago, like sorry to bring up the name Jay Bruce, right? But like, remember how awesome he looked in spring training and then we needed a first baseman. Obviously he was a disaster when the regular season hit, but like, it was fun following guys like that in spring training. And there's not a ton of guys on the roster right now that fit that mold. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's many ways to make an off season. Right. And like, obviously the Yankees didn't go out and, get a Garrett Cole or a dude that you're like super fired up to turn on the first game of spring training and watch, you know, all that said, um, they won 90, whatever games last year, they made it to the LCS. That's all well and good and wonderful. Like we know just based on history, unless everyone dramatically, fantastically underperforms that like, they're going to win a bunch of games and that'll be good. But like, it wasn't exciting because we lost to the Astros again. And there's players out there to be had, regardless of the contracts or the trades, et cetera, that they wound up, you know, being acquired for. Like, Yankees didn't go out and do something that makes them, like, a clear, like, splashy, like, odds-on favorite. So, like, they're going to be a good team. Um, But we're not saying, like, damn, I can't wait to tune in and watch, you know, whatever, Justin Verlander pitch for the Yankees today. Like, it's like, you know, how's Anthony Volpe going to play today? Which is exciting differently. Like, how's Aaron Hicks, who's somehow still on the roster, playing today? How's Josh Donaldson? Like, so it the, it's more annoying questions in the greater context of, like, they were a good team last year. They brought back largely, you know, the same what wound up being, by record, good team. But it's like, you know, am I going to have to watch IKF at shortstop on opening day? Or may I have to watch Ulpi or Peraza or whoever else, you know? I have to watch Josh Donaldson, you know, at third base on opening day, there's going to be someone else or Aaron Hicks, you know? So it's like overall good, but not like exciting good. It's just like status quo. Okay. Good. Yeah, I agree. And this is the last I'm going to say on this. You guys can, can keep on if you want, but I don't think I need to beat the horse dead. Uh, I, I think part of this spring training that's lacking that juice is just that I don't 
trust the team is fully committed to to Marines over two. I don't really know if that's the case. I feel like the Yankees know who they're going to break camp with, and I think they're pretty committed to at least who's going to start out the shoot. I think they'll carry Peraza on the roster just because there's really not much else for him to prove in AAA. Dominguez Volpe will be behind, if not until next year. But outside of that, you're going to have a guy like Cabrera will play a utility role off the bench, but he's probably not your opening day left fielder. So and we've seen these guys play already, right? And we know what they're capable of. And I don't have the confidence the team is ready to hand them the reins and say, you know what? This is your team now. We've given the veterans a chance. And yeah, there was all that talk last week with, oh, there's something left in the tank with Josh Donaldson. If you thought you saw last year that's going to be the same thing you're going to get from him this oh, year you're like, cra- if like, you're crazy oh. like you're crazy if you think that's and it's just like dude like if you don't think that there's a better player than what you saw last year it's, it's like no it's, man, it's, like, it's like it's like if you don't think this 37 year old is gonna have like a vast improvement it's like yo i don't know man like usually 37 year olds don't have great improvements that's usually how it goes so and then there was the state quote that. today that's like i don't think there's a team that's better than us in baseball when we're we're firing at all cylinders and it's like that very well may be true but you are literally never firing at all cylinders you like on paper this team may have the highest ceiling if everyone plays to the max of their capabilities sure i can buy that because i know stanton hit 59 home runs at one point he's probably not that guy anymore but he could still be that hitter judge hit 62 last year we saw what harrison bader did in the postseason we know what aaron hicks is capable of potentially what he did in 2018 and 2019 right uh dj lemay was an mvp candidate in 19 and 20 so yeah at these guys absolute best are they the best team in baseball potentially but i just don't know if they still have those days in them or even if they are capable of it, like that they're all going to figure it out together because how many times are we going to talk about how this team went cold in, in the postseason they couldn't hit or that Houston's right. pitching just knew how to deal with us, even though we may have put up uh, 25 runs in a three game series prior to going to Houston. We, we rolled up at Minute Maid Park in July and they, they held us to three runs in four games. I'm like, like it, it doesn't matter what this team's capability is. Um, over the long haul, sure, you need that to win a lot of games, but when it actually matters most, that talk doesn't do anything for me anymore because it's it's just smoke and mirrors at this point. Yeah, I mean, so I would say, I don't know. Obviously, you don't want to be like, oh, well, if when when we're capable of doing this, like if we're firing on all cylinders, when was the last time the 2022 Yankees on all cylinders? Like May, June? You know, it ultimately matters just what you do. Stan goes out and hits 30 or whatever home runs and plays in 125 games, that'll be cool. If Judge hits 40 or 50 home runs, that'll be cool. Like, we don't need to, like, labor. You know, we'll talk about that when we do a more, like, you know, serious in-depth roster breakdown. But, like, um, ultimately, it's just a matter of, like, are they going to – and what I don't know why they do this. Obviously, the Yankees have – you know, the Yankees have kind of a, you know, reputation or otherwise – being traditional or change averse, you know, that kind of thing. And whether it was just trying to support your player publicly or some company line, Boone can't go out all 2022 season and say, we support him. He's really good. He's one of the best. And then bench him in the most important games. And, you know, that's all, you know, we're rehashing. But still, like, if you say, you know, Cabrera um, you know, Oswald Peraza or Cabrera or Anthony Volpe, and these guys just absolutely tear the cover off the ball in spring training, and then you run IKF out there on opening day, then you're just not serious about the things that you're telling us as fans. Like, you're treating us like we're morons. Well, today was kind of the first full, like, potential lineup you could see in the regular season today. I'll just read it off. We had DJ at second, Judge and right, Rizzo at first. Stanton DHing, Donaldson hitting fifth, playing third, of course. Uh, Bader sixth and center, Hicks seventh and left, Higashioka catching eighth, and then IKF hitting ninth, shortstop. Like, is that the lineup? God, I really hope that's not right, the lineup. That, like, obviously, there's no Glaber there, so like, I I assume Glaber's going to be in the lineup. So, 
Right, and then there's the talk that that judge is going to start taking reps in left field next week. So, like, and that scares me. Not just because I don't think he's capable of it, but like, why? Like, you know that he can make it work in right field and center field. Like the first time that he gets hurt on a play, fielding a ball in left center field or something like that. Like the there's no coming back from that. Like, why? Why would you take a guy a guy who just won the MVP? Just leave him. Leave well enough alone. Leave him at the position he won the MVP at. Like, don't take her too much. Right. And well, I'll say this: if I had to power rank of those three young kids, Peraza, Cabrera, and Volpe, like if I had to power rank, they're making the roster. I would go Cabrera, Peraza, Volpe, and Volpe is the young, you know the youngest or the less tier advanced of the like. But you know what? This it. How bad has it gotten? I'm already resigning myself to Hicks and Donaldson and Nakap and those dudes starting. Um, Let's say that all of them do start. And but like like I guess the question I'm getting at, like you know, if you're putting Peraza and Volp in a competition against against IKF, but it's like, you know, if we're putting Glaber in, it would be against like DJ LeMahieu. Like if you got Cabrera on the bench, like who else is gonna take his spot? Because he plays like four different positions and he played them all pretty fucking well. So like, you know. Maybe I'm just hopeful. I want to see that kid play over, like, you know, whatever's left of Aaron Hicks, God bless him, or just, you know, all those dudes. But, like, he should definitely make the roster. One of the other two should make the roster, as long as they're not a complete train wreck. And I just, unfortunately, don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, probably not. Um, I was thinking, like, they would never put Glaber at short. You know, it's like they just wouldn't do that. No, that's, like, that's that's over and done with. Yeah, like I, but that's that's like the only way that like he would be inserted into a lineup like this. Um, I did hear they like they are committed. I know. I think they want to play like at least one or two of these guys at third once they go to the minors to like you know get them ready to replace Donaldson, whether it's this summer or next season. So I, I could see that being a possibility, but. Yeah, it's I don't know, like I because this lineup today, you know, like people still talk about the bottom five. Like I think if you have Bader somewhere towards the bottom of the lineup, I think that's pretty good. Like I've Bader's a guy that that's a good hitter to have at your bottom of your lineup. But you know, we were talking about before the show. Obviously, Higgy, you know, Trevino is going to play more than Higgy. We assume, right? Obviously, platinum glove winner. Um, but you know, Trevino, that's a whole other issue. Uh, like we were talking about how Trevino. He's a guy that obviously great defensive catcher, but you know he's not a good bat. And he was you know solid in the first half, but man, that second half of the year he was pretty bad. And you could afford like good teams with great lineups can afford to have a bat like Trevino in the lineup, no problem. Like look at Houston with Maldonado, but we have Donaldson doing what he did last year. If we have Hicks doing what he's been doing, and then add Trevino in, like man, that's. That's a possibility of like three dead bats in the lineup. You know, we talked about that on the last pod. So that's a little concerning. It's definitely a little concerning, but like, ah, I don't know. Like how, cause you know, we like what we were just talking about at the beginning of the show. There's no guarantee that these young players are just going to come in. Like people just assume they're just going to come in and just be, you know, phenoms. They're just going to be fringe all-stars or whatever the case may be. And that very well may happen, right? Very well may happen. But also, more cases than not, seven, eight out of ten times. Like, I mean, look, we I, we were going over before the show a little bit. How, we, we've had pretty bad luck with prospects as Yankee fans, right? Like, how many prospects have we had over the past five or ten years, excluding Judge, that just have not panned out? Frazier, Chance Adams, and the list goes on and Gary on. Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez, Montero. So... Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade. Like, it's, you know, like, you just don't know. Like, at a certain point, you know, like, obviously it's it's tough to think now because now we just have our memories of those guys that ingrained into our head. But, you know, like, you think back in eight years, it's like, dude, we thought Clint Frazier was going to be hitting 35 home runs by now for the Yankees. You know? Like, that's – he was that type of prospect, right? He was, like, a top 10 prospect in all of baseball. So, you kind of have to step back at times and say like, look, even Jason, I mean, shit, if you're, you know, all of us are plugged in Yankee fans, obviously we've been hearing about Jason Dominguez for like, it feels like the last 15 years, right? It feels like we've been hearing about him forever. 
And it's it was like the it same almost thing remind- with Gary Sanchez. Too. Yeah, it almost reminded me, like just watching the game today, seeing him like misplay the fly ball. And obviously it could happen, whatever. But you just think to yourself, like, dude, these guys, like, you know, they're still young kids. They're still young players. Like, there's no guarantee that they're just gonna progress the way they were predicted to progress. I mean, shit, dude. Like I I know I'm I'm reopening wounds, but dude, Glaber was like the number two prospect in all baseball at one point. Like Glaber, like based on that, Glaber was supposed to be like you know, a perennial all-star by this point, right? Well, he was supposed to be like, well, you know, the top 25 player in baseball at this point. He's not. And, you know, like it's, but things don't always happen. The, the, the things always work out the way they do. So I don't know. I think it's, it's really just something that like people, it's like a tough situation because as much as we hate IKF, as much as we hate Donaldson, like they're major league players, you know? And like, even though they were, you know, pretty bad last year, like those bad years are still like serviceable major league seasons. Obviously they're not ideal when you're trying to win a championship, but just in terms of, you know, an MLB season, like, you know, Donaldson and IKF number, they weren't like awful. Like there's a chance if you put uh you know, 20, 21 year old kid in a 120 game season, who's not ready, he could hit like 160, right? He could have numbers that make IKF look like, Bay Brook. So I think that's kind of why or commit like a brutal amount of errors and hurt your team right, in the field. Right. Now uh, there's the other side of that. You have kids that come up and just, you know, are phenomenal and you say, Oh my God, we never expected this. But like I said, there is more times than not, rookies just don't pan out. Like young kids just don't pan out. That's why you got to be careful. And that's why the Yankees yeah. are in a tough situation, you know, because you have yeah, some and, and players, but to make uh, matters worse, right? Like like you mentioned, if a lot of those young prospects panned out over the past few years, we have a lot of core pieces in the lineup on the defensive and offensive side of the ball that are, are locked up, right? Like if Andrew Har was a good prospect and we don't have Josh Tomlinson in house and um, you have Clint Frazier in left field, you're like, you feel good. It's like, all right, we got the next wave of the core. We brought back judge for the rest of his career. Like we, we got something in place, right? DJ is going to probably fade away in the next year or two, maybe Glaber, uh, free agency, whatever. Like there, you could say, well, some spots will come and go, but you still have Stanton, you still have Judge, you have some foundational pieces. You're you're in good shape, but because almost all of them failed, you have to go to places like the trade market. You have to overpay in free agency, which they haven't done in recent years. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if you look at the the free agent market for next winter. It's barren. You have Shohei Otani, and then just it's all pitchers, right? So the pitching market's phenomenal, but the Yankees don't need pitching at this point. Like, how many off, how many uh, playoff series do we have to be like? Well, the pitching wasn't the problem; it's the offense. Yes, no. We t- it's funny. Like we talked about that on the last pod, right? Like we were, you know, just think back to this like Yankee era, right? This six years, how many series they have they lost that you've just said, oh well, man, the bats showed up. Right, like, oh, we lost that series, but the bat shut up. We've never said that. Like, it's just never the happened. The last three. Even the one that they performed with the best, right? They go on the road to Houston in a game seven in 2017. They lose because they scored yeah. one. That's the thing, run. though. It's like, like I'm not going to act like the Yankees pitching was just phenomenal in all those series. You know, like, they, you know, it's there was definitely some crap performances. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, you look back, even last year. I mean, I think... I said the number on the last pod, but like they only allowed like, you know, 18, 19 runs in that four game series last year. Like they, they weren't like phenomenal, but like it's not like their pitching was getting smacked around. Like they were keeping Houston in check for the most part. You know, remember, remember how bad yeah. Altuve was in that series? Like he wasn't doing anything. Even uh, Jordan Alvarez last, wasn't good. Either, not to yeah. like, you know, not yeah. to do a, a 2022 ALCS recap pod, but seriously, like, you know, the big bats of Houston last year didn't even get us that much. So it's like, you know, you almost say to yourself, well, the Yankees pitching kind of kept Houston in check, right? Because that was, you know, yeah. even in the series before and the series after, they hit much better. So, you know, our, our Yeah, and that's why I'll good. say, like, the pitching is in good shape. Obviously, we've maybe mentioned on the last pod, Frankie Montes is hurt. He had an arthroscopic surgery, and we'll have to see. They think either way is going to miss a, a damn good chunk of the season, which sucks. Um, um, but... That was like, just, I'm sorry, dude. That so, was just me waving bye to Frankie Montas. It's kind of hard to see. With oh, yeah, God. Yeah, like, I, was, I was just sorry, um, Frankie. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's up there. And the terms, we already thought IKF, uh, Josh Donaldson trade was 
perhaps Cashman's worst, and this one's rocketing up the charts to be his worst possibly, which sucks because Montes a couple of years ago was damn good. Um, in terms of the roster, like we said, it wasn't a flashy, exciting spring. They brought back a pretty good team. Um, but personally, like I said, I'm going to be looking at third base, shortstop, second base, and left field to see what they do. Um, and the, my, my cop-out answer, and then we can move on. My cop-out answer to this question is the Yankees roster is not complete until the trade deadline, which, like, opportunity cost, you could lose half the season running IKF or Josh Donaldson or whomever out there and then get good pieces, like, after season's gone, maybe you're in a hole, maybe you have a lead, whatever it is. But like, they're never done until the trade deadline. So, but my hope would be that they, as long as they're not complete train wrecks, that they go to um, the younger options. Cabrera came up, played half a season or a month and a half, and he was great. Peraza defensively was really good and performed in AAA, hit a bunch of home runs. Um, Volpe is hit for power and stole a lot of fucking bases at every level so far. And, you know, he had a cup of coffee in AAA. So we had to maybe give him a lot of time, but it's at the point now. It's like, you know, I don't know. It just really depends on what they're going to do, right? If you want to keep IKF, trade him, Josh Donaldson, you know, I think you wouldn't bring these guys to spring training if you – we're just going to get rid of him at some point. Maybe Cashman does something at the end of at the end of spring training, like he's done a couple times recently. But either way, I mean, I think we can. We don't have to beat this horse to death. But I think these guys have these young kids have a damn good shot to make the roster in some form or fashion. But it's not like you know, oh, it's a guarantee. They're definitely done with IKF, so they're just gonna like they're not clearly because they're they're all here. So I'd say we'll just all have right. to wait and see. Yeah, we'll see. There's a lot to be determined. It's going to be pretty interesting to see. Like I, like I was, I think I said to Andrew before. I don't think we're going to really know what the lineup is fully until like you know May, like the first month of the season. There's going to be a lot of I feel like a lot of you know it's obviously certain spots. Obviously, guys like Judge and Rizzo are going to be starting pretty much almost every day. But you know, I do think there's going to we're going to see maybe in the first twenty games three different starting shortstops, right? Like, you know, maybe IKF goes a few games, maybe whoever, you know, whether it's Peraza. I think you do see almost like a sort of a regular season tryout because I don't think it's just going to be all like, oh, uh, yeah, IKF won the job out of spring training or Peraza won the job out of spring training, and that's it. I, I think whoever wins the job, whoever is the opening day shortstop, like there's a chance they may not even be on the team in a month and a half, right? They're, they may be in AAA in a month and a half, right? Maybe right. Peraza wins the job out of – you know, had a spring training and, you know, he's hitting 105 the first 12 games, right? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I, I do you... think it may be a bit of a revolving door at short. And maybe, you know, who knows? What if, you know, that's another thing with Donaldson. I think Donaldson, like, because especially being this is the last year, of, you know, that they're going to have to pay him. If Donaldson comes out and is just, you know, picks up right where he left off in the ALCS, I mean, hey, maybe. That's something where like they may they might not be afraid to bench Donaldson, right? We'll see. Well, I don't I don't even think they would, right? The 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 whole point of them not just outright cutting him weeks ago is because they figure we're gonna have to eat a shit ton of his salary to have him play elsewhere. And if we're spending this much money, we might as well get something out of him. We might as well see if there's anything left in the tank, right? I think if that conversation certainly <laughs> right, right. I think that 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 conversation changes if you're sitting on him in June or July, right? Like regardless, his salary is accounting against the CBT this year. But if halfway through the year you need his roster spot for something that's being more productive, maybe then you're willing to cut bait or trade him to like some purgatory place like Pittsburgh, right? Um Leave that when I see it, though, because they haven't done it with Aaron Hicks, who still has three or four years left on his deal. Um, you know, right. they won't do it with Stanton towards the end. I, I, again, MLB is fully guaranteed contract, so you can't just – you're not going to see buyouts with with long-term uh, whatever they call it, stretch provisions that they use in, in hockey and basketball. Uh, you could just drop a guy in, in the NFL with a, a cap hit. You're only committed to the, the signing bonus portion. Uh, which is the only guaranteed money in the contract and, and the actual base salary is just ripped up and goes away. You can't do that in baseball, but 
man, if Donaldson does continue at the pace he was playing at last year, then you're just getting nothing for that money. And the roster spot is more valuable. To, like, if, if he's going to play at that level, he's going to hurt you, right? So putting in a kid who's not going to play well either, you're not going to be worse off. And at least then you're building towards potentially something in the future. And I think the only thing right. that you know, obviously saved him last year was his defense. And they even said, you know, they mentioned on the yes telecast today that like how he, you know, didn't finish top three in AL uh, goal glove voting. I mean, I do. I think they definitely just didn't put him in there because of, you know, the Tim Anderson incident, which I kind of get, you know, like that's something totally like the MLB would just, you know, the MLB like writers or war association would just do. And like I said, I don't really blame them. It's kind of like, no, you're going to like, you pulled that this year, screw you. You're not going to gold glove, but. I, like in the game today, he like they didn't rule in an error. I don't think, but he like he, you know he made a bad throw at first on like a routine guy. So I'm thinking to myself, man, obviously it's spring training. You know you can't take a every take everything with like you know a grain of salt in spring training doesn't mean that much. But if his defense falls off, so even the point where like he was playing great defense all year last year, if he's only playing like decent defense, let's say first month of the season and still hitting like shit, it's like okay. Like you're you're We're out of there, here, right? Because like, really, it's like that's that's kind of what I feel like that's almost what kept him at third. Because like no matter how bad he was hitting, you did have to like because even like you know even people who like hated Donaldson, like you couldn't even say like oh well he sucks in the field too. It's like dude, he's he's great. Yeah, that was one of the like, things they sold. Literally us on makes like when they one mistake him. every like few weeks. Like he he was awesome at third base. He like probably the best defensive third baseman I've seen since like A Rod was playing like you know in his prime there. You know, like that's how good he was at third. So like you you have to acknowledge that. But like, hey, like a two ten average and like a you know, what was it, like a six sixty OPS, like that's that's not cutting it from from our perennial no. five hitter. Like I think when you know our kids are watching the Yankees, there'll be a guy named Josh Donaldson hitting fifth at this point. Because like I saw I saw that in the lineup to that just Josh Donaldson fifth. I'm like, are we really gonna do another year of this? You know, like is he really well, just gonna hit fifth all year? And, and, and that's the thing is you you would just argue well let's just kick him down in, in the lineup right but the the, the lineup is so top heavy that we're gonna put if you move Donaldson to six seven eight then who's up that you feel comfortable with in the five hole you want Harrison Bader batting fifth uh, is he gonna have a good year maybe was he great for us in the playoffs last year in a limited showing absolutely but do you want him hitting five I think part of what and that's it goes back to what we did with Glaber his rookie year right. They 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 tinker with him batting second. They moved him up to sixth or seventh occasionally, but it was more often than not he produced most hitting ninth. And it doesn't make sense, but it's like that's where he's producing, and it's good to have that kind of production at the bottom of your lineup. So just doesn't make sense. Just roll with it though. <laughs> so what? That's the worst part of it all is that you can't. You almost can't drop Donaldson because there's no one else better who you could put ahead of him. Yeah, I will. Oh, let, me, let me say this, and then I can give you some quick little stats to react to. Um, you know, the Yankees are definitely committed to having DJ play most days, play the Romer, play a bunch of different positions. Glaber Torres, when he was asked about his offseason and if he had any contract negotiations, basically said, like, LOL, I wish. So I think there's still a good possibility that maybe he gets traded at some point. Um. It just, you know, it's really, it really remains to be seen. Um, but Donaldson, the last year of a contract, if he, if, like you all said, if there's a fall off on defense or if at some point they just say, like, hey, the bat is just gone, like, and someone else is playing good, league average, whatever it may be, like, there's room to move here. Like, just because hypothetically they break camp with, like, Donaldson or IKF as they're starting whatever, it sucks. Don't get me wrong. I will hate it, but like, it's not, it doesn't mean, you know, that it'll be over and done with. Like, and that's what it will have to endure for the whole season. Like you said, G, I think like third, short, and left are all very interesting. Second base, I think will end up just being DJ and uh, Glaber. But hey, why don't yeah. we compress our problem? If IKF and Josh Donaldson are going to be on the roster, why don't we compress that problem into one position and just have them platoon there? Third base, we hear about ICAV winning a gold glove all the goddamn time. People fail to or willingly leave out the part that he wanted as a third baseman in the fucking COVID year. <laughs> like, ugh. All right. Anyway, let me let me give you these things. So you give you these few little numbers and you can all overreact to them. Um, Aaron Hicks, 
two hits and five at bats, two games. He's back. Left as a you know a left fielder listed as a left fielder. Josh Donaldson has one hit in three at bats, so he's still not back. He's back back. Um, <laughs> Oswaldo Cabrera listed as a third baseman has three hits in seven at bats. I'm just really just doing the players that we Glaber's can, four for eight. Know, of uh, if these wants them now. Yeah, hey, look at that. Glaber might actually be, well, you know, wherever. Where where is she coming back from? Um, Dominguez has two hits in five at bats and four runs scored, so pretty cool. And then Anthony Volpe has two hits in eight at bats and two runs scored. We saw him steal second and then immediately steal third, um, which is cool. He's done that at every level. He's fast as fuck. And we could talk more about, you know, new rules, bigger bases and all that stuff. Major League Baseball is trying to get more offense back into the game. IKF, and he made a pretty slick, well, with Volpe too. I know we're, we're talking offense, but he made that slick plate shortstop today. Yeah. And I mean, Volpe has played a little bit of second base too. Maybe that. Which honestly, in. like, let's be honest. I think that's where the Yankees are, are planning for him. I think right now the expectation is they're not going to resign Glaber unless he goes nuclear this year. So that creates a vacuum. Even in second then, base, you have Peraza fill the, the void at shortstop. You put Volpe at second, and there's your your middle of the infield. Which, look, if they're both on the roster starting and good for the future, that's great. Doesn't really yeah. help us right now this year, but long term. Glaber going like Glaber can go nuclear. That would basically just be my like. I'm not falling for that walk year nonsense like good for you man go get paid by like that probably ask for a shit ton of money and the yankees wouldn't pay him so right go get paid by the rays or someone else like i mean let's be real i mean two guys two yankees who have been who can't or glaber technically didn't come up with the yankees obviously but two guys who have been with the yankees for a while probably their last year glaber and sevi i mean sevi's probably gone right like i i've heard some people say oh well i think I think Sevy, this is last year. I mean, he's going to be 30 years old. He's had injuries. I mean, they're paying Cole and Rodon big money. You know, you got Nestor locked up for a few years under team control. Uh, I, I don't think. I don't think. Because he's probably going to want $20 million a year. Uh, like I said, I think this is Sevy's last year as a Yankee. But let's uh, let's wrap the show yeah. up. Because I think on the our next show, we're definitely going to go um, into more. Sorry, last, last thing oh, that you on, all Jay. needed to hear, definitely the last thing you needed to hear, IKF is one for six so far this spring. So, you know. That's about right. Oh, do, do we want to root against him in, in spring training to force yes. his hand? I, I think you yes. have to, right? Like, as as, yeah. as weird as that is, like, you'd we may hate all these guys. It's we're not better off if they're all perfect. It's really well, not weird. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, as much as you hate all these guys, the Yankees and us as fans of the Yankees are all better off with them playing no sometimes managers have irrational trust or a blind spot for a player so it almost needs them being so undefensive indefensively bad that it that no way that they can just like keep in the starting lineup Uh, i mean essentially yeah like you see it across all sports right that sometimes that's just the case it sucks i don't want you know i'm not gonna be like oh IKF should go out there and get death threats and throw the ball all around the yard and be terrible. But like, if he's just like just bad enough to be like, hey, you know what, you know, Peraza bad at like two sixty five and looked fast. Yeah, it is a business. Like, if he's bad enough that we get to see the new young potential player, then that's what I want. So, and he can, you know, he's still making six million bucks. So go get, you know, go play somewhere else. That's it's just it. I don't want to watch him on my team anymore. All right, guys, let's, uh, like I said, let's wrap the show up with uh, just talking about some of the new rules. Like, obviously, the rule changes, we all know they were coming. We've talked about them before. But just seeing some of them in action, like the pitch clock, um, you know, the limit pickoff, the lack of shifts. I mean, to be honest, I'm liking it so far. I mean, I, I the pitch clock, I think it's going to need some work, some refining. But I like the idea because, really, you kind of realize, like, too many guys are just taking way too much time between pitches and just, you know, stepping out of the box after every foul ball and every swing. And, yeah, I think the game's going to go a bit quick. Even if it only shaves, you know, an average of, like, eight minutes off the game. I don't even think it's about, like, the total time of game. I think it's more just about, like, the pace of the game, the flow of the game, you know, and I think that's going to be a lot better. Um, I love, you know, no more shifts. I kind of – I love that. It's going to be – it's it's really not going to hit you to – for like you know a solid month or so once you get used to seeing lefties get up and you know 
Like just seeing le- like you're just gonna see lefties get those like almost blue pits to right more often now, and that's just gonna be so weird. You know, you know what you, so know, you know what's years, gonna make me mad. It, we, we we still have a left field issue, and if a guy like let's say Max Kepler takes advantage of that, and that's a guy who a lot of fans want us to trade for. I personally was not in favor of it because he had the one good year in the juice ball year. And that was pretty much it. But like, if he has a, a resurgence, the guy like Joey Gallo, if they're interesting, not they're on the same team, but like, if they they have resurgences, um, and yeah, it does change the way you you look at some of this. I, and I, um, in my I'm mind, just gonna say quickly disclaimer is that Joey Gallo couldn't hit the ball. That, well, yes, that's that's true. It doesn't matter where they're standing. Anyway, can't, can't put the ball. Not to play, derail you, but go on. It. No, 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 no. It's good. I haven't put too much stake in the the shift just yet because i don't necessarily believe that it makes as much of an impact as some people say it does i think for like like you're saying there are some overtly bad examples like joey gallo where it doesn't matter where they're standing they're not gonna but i i've kind of blanked that over some other players too and i could be wrong like i i actually hope i'm wrong a guy like joe um anthony rizzo i hope i'm dead wrong on that it actually does add 15 20 hits to his season right uh, but i guess we'll say haven't i have low expectations for that yeah. making a difference i just i'm, all, I'm personally I'm, glad that um baseballs like these changes are clearly geared towards getting more offense back into the game which like we could say like oh a couple years ago they took off they took away sticky stuff which was like done in the middle of the season it was half fast a bunch of players got hurt like you know there was a way to do that and they did it the wrong way because you know Rob Manfred or whatever but like increasing the size of the bases like almost five inches like think of how many times you see a bang bang play second base like that's not an insignificant increase in size like more incentive um, to steal bases you know yeah Which... incentives to steal bases all you know to the shift quote-unquote ban is that you have to have two infielders on touching the dirt either side. side yeah touching the, the dirt, the dirt is inter- the most is the most important what inter- part of that. what i'm interested in though is what if like i think teams are going to eventually say okay take one of their outfielders and put that, them let's say in shallow right and just go two outfielders right you you, you beat me say, too because especially if you say, have like let's say if you have two really athletic outfielders you say okay like like let's say the yankees probably if you're the yankees won't be able to do that, right? But if Judge and Stanton are out there, like I love Judge, but it's like you you it's probably right. can't, you know, maybe if you stick one of them and like you have Bader, but even then, like a team though with like a you know two really athletic outfielders could get away with saying, okay, hey, on at least athletic outfielder, go chill in like shallow right field. And then we're just gonna have you two patrol the entire outfield. Could be yeah, risky, like, but I I am gonna there, it's to gonna introduce some different forms of gamesmanship and you know. And that you know, like I think the, the the pitch clock in terms of like keeping the pace of play that'll be great, and shave thirty minutes off your average like Tuesday night game that might be three hours and fifteen minutes. Now it's going to be two forty five, and that'll be great because we don't have to see you know the clip that we all saw was Pedro Baez, you know, taking two and a half minutes between pitches, which made me yeah. want to you know take a nap. And, and, and that's um, the worst part is that especially in, in bigger games in the postseason, everything slows down because you, you, you're you so focused on not making the big mistake that could completely derail your team's season. And, and I get that. But look, I think we all go to enough games, at least I, I, I speak for, for myself. I go to enough uh, every year where the slash actual <laughs> where the actual time of the game means nothing. Right. Like you said, if I go to a game and it's two hours and 52 minutes, I go to a game that's three hours and 45 minutes that's about a 50 minute window and you kind of know it's like I go on Fridays. So it's the weekend anyway. I'm not worried about getting home late and having to screw up work the next day, but like, yeah, you get home a little later, but in the reality of things, it was just a night out. You're having fun. Right. It's like you said, Luigi about the actual dead air and, and it feeling like you're actually getting a bunch of action because no one wants to just sit in the stands and see a guy step off three times, look over, uh, Oh, they're on it and get his his signals all screwed up with the catcher and they can't figure that pitch comp's gonna help, but there's still gonna be issues there. Like it's like just look, if you can't sink sync it up, just you gotta throw a pitch. And if it sucks, tough shit. Like that's gonna create right. offense, it's gonna create action. And ultimately, I don't think yeah, that part of it is 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 bad. What what I'm concerned about is having weird quirks like we saw that spring training game end in a in a tie because base is loaded. 
three, two count. You got the batter got called for a pitch clock infraction. It was a called strike three, right? Now, obviously a game can't end in a tie in the regular season, but, but can you imagine like the first time that happens, Yankees, Red Sox, July game, two games separated in the standings and a game ends because a pitcher was a little slow in delivering a pitch and it leads to a bases loaded walk that drives in the winning run. Like, Oh God, yeah, which is why I hope major league baseball is open-minded and at least like, you know, tinkering with, or, you know, maybe at some point you say like, you know, like the hockey shootout rule, it's in the game in the regular season to yeah, maybe in the postseason make sure like, that, you know, you, you, you don't you play extend like it by four five or, seconds or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, in, in regular season hockey, they do a shootout. So you don't play like some five overtime insane game and burn your players out. But like in the regular, in the postseason, you just let it rip. Like, so like maybe you will play a five OT playoff game. And yeah. Players out literally like, so maybe it's yeah. like, Hey, you know what? Like if it happens in the regular season, then like, sure. Like it still affects your season or whatever, but like it's for the greater good. And in the postseason, maybe we, you know, in the ninth inning and beyond, we expand it so that you can't have the game end on what would other ultimately be like a really stupid and bad way to end the game. Like I, like I said, I just hope that they allow for some, leeway and you know to make adjustments to it as needed and don't be like stubborn and close-minded about it um well geez, i think your boy rob manfred yeah he... god um <laughs> i don't know i mean i think it'll be you know you know your baseball purists or whatever are saying like you know this isn't what it is anymore like and this isn't to say that like the Yankees and the Red Sox aren't going to play these like protracted three and a half, four hour games. It'll just be different, you know. It'll just be a little different. So like, um, it'll introduce different kinds of gamesmanship. Maybe you shuffle your positions around. Maybe you put your third baseman at second base. You know, whatever it is. Like, you just have to. I think it'll make the game more active. You know, more like a chess match rather than be like, hey, you know what? this guy pulls the ball. So we're going to put our third baseman in right field. And, you know, like that's, it was, it was an era of baseball, but it's not exciting. It's just like a. Well, I have a question for, for, for both you guys, just because we, we briefly talked about it and you kind of to it. And Luigi brought up exactly what I was going to say. You can't have two guys off the dirt on either side of the infield as far as the shift rule. But how do you, how do you compensate for that? You put, your left fielder and short right field, and you have three guys. So you, it's set, essentially you have three guys on the infield, but but not. Who's going to be the first team that does that? It's got to be Tampa, right? Yeah, probably the right. <laughs> like, see, that would be like formations with like one outfielder and just like they're just going to. Oh my god! So well, someone, I mean, someone, only... like I'm, that's the thing though. Like you do think like, bro, like what if you know a team like really thinks of something like out of the box that's like you know that's i don't know like we'll see it's like that's the thing though that's almost like the fun part of it like this is might force teams to try things that like who knows maybe some teams try things that work like are just go terribly and don't work at all but i don't know it's it's all parts like that's a big part of baseball right strategy you know mind game so like that's that's what i'm really looking forward to it and look like i said this like my expectations for the yankees this year or ALCS exit. Nothing more, nothing less. And it's, that's kind of how I've been trained. Now, Andrews, you know, I know when I said that to Andrews, said, oh, it's bold of you to assume they'll make the ALCS. And, you know, that's that's fair. But I don't know. I, I think that's, like, that's how I'm going into it this year. And I know that's shitty. But, you know, like, look, dude, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, fool me three, four, six times. Like, like how many years are you going to go into it thinking, oh, this, this team's got it this year. This is the team. You know, like, I don't think this is the team. I didn't think this was the team last year. I don't think this is the team this year. I think it's a very good team. It's a fun team. But, you know, the expectations are, that's, like I said, the expectations are ALCX exit. Right? That's it. Yeah. And, but I'm, and, um, even even with that being said, though, I'm still very much looking forward to watching the Yankees. Because I love watching the Yankees, right? I always have. I, all, all of us have. Right? Uh, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't love watching the Yankees. So, it's always fun, you know, new season, but the expectations, I am in a like I said, are low. Sense. 
Yeah, they're not they're not dramatically high. I'll say, I will, in a general sense, I'm just excited to watch more baseball to see how these right. Play. That, like I said, like, what teams right. do, how they try to adjust, how mm-hmm. you know everyone's always looking for an advantage. How teams try to find the advantage. Like it'll be fun, and the Yankees are going to be a you know pretty good, not tremendously improved team. I think there's maybe a little bit higher ceiling if you bring up some of these young kids and they perform, but like. You know, if we have to watch a hundred games of Josh Donaldson and IKF, then it is what it is. Like, we'll see. Um, we'll see. But like I, I said, think, uh, go on, Jay. Hopefully, you know, baseball with the bigger bases, with the shift banning and all that jazz. Um, it's more fun. It's more offense. It's you know more exciting. And at this point, I said this in the pre-show. They should just let the pitchers have the sticky stuff back. Like. You know what I was thinking? I'm like, bro, this would be the perfect year for them to do the juice balls. Like, they're just like, oh, we got all these jewel changes, juice balls in there. Like, oh, See, we got more like, runs. And that's what I was now. like. Look at this. Uh, well, how can that be? It's uh, See, I was like, why did they unjuice the balls and take away the sticky stuff? They should have left both of those things, leave the sticky stuff, and leave the juice balls one for one. Like, the so, sticky I stuff, no, nah, I don't blame them for the sticky stuff. The you know the the stuff these guys have now, uh, it's it's insane. You know, it's like so. cement or whatever. Yeah, either way, like I'm, I'll be excited to see how these new rules go. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully, it's more offense, it's more fun, it's more stolen bases. You know, like we were saying, you know, all these things—they're not insignificant changes. They're, you know, um, the it, it. I think it'll be it'll. Be, be good and the Yankees, you know, whatever. If we have to watch IKF on opening in the moment, but like ultimately, there's still some interesting stuff happening for spring. I'll be excited to watch yeah, how right. it all goes over the next month and however long. Andrew, any final thoughts? Uh, I, I, I've said the same thing like yeah. a dozen times at this point, so I don't even. <sighs> I don't blame you. Let, let's we're, let's we're, get to games that actually mean yeah, anything. I was about to say we're ready for like, games that matter. We're still, like I said, we're still a month away from that, but we're getting close. We're getting close. Uh, next pod will probably be in a few days. We'll probably just we'll probably look at the pitching, right? We'll probably do a nice pitching review. Maybe do starters and bullpen all in one. Um, look at the rotation, who we think the five guy will be, right? Look at the bullpen, who you know, obviously it's going to be a new closer situation, right? We assume it's going to be Clay, but are they going to do more closer by committee? Do we think he's going to hold up? A lot of questions, right? I mean. I mean, this, just think, like, when's the last time the Yankees went into a year not knowing, like, you know, not having an established closer, right? Whether it was Chapman, Soriano, Mo, obviously. So, it's interesting. That's that's going to be interesting. So, that's all we got, guys. Um, we got live baseball back. Full month of spring. Uh, World Baseball Classic next week. I mean, I think, what, we're 10 days away from that. I'm excited for that. So, we got some got some baseball coming up, guys. Got some good baseball coming up, but for Luigi, for G, for Andrew. This was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast presented to you by Six Pack Coverage. And we'll see you next time.